0: KYW original podcasts.
1: For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW
0: In-Depth.
1: I'm Matt Leon. Came across a very interesting piece of analysis that took a deep dive on just how bad the economic ramifications could end up being here in Philadelphia as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The analysis was put together by Dr. Kevin Gillen, an economist with the Lindy Institute for Urban Innovation at Drexel University. Now we look back at the flu pandemic that hammered the world and specifically Philadelphia back in 1918. Took research from the economic data that emerged from that and projected it to this pandemic. Now it's important to note as we do throughout the interview that his numbers are based on the death toll hitting 200,000 people in the US as a result from COVID-19. That was a number that was being pointed to as a real possibility when he started this research a couple of weeks ago. Thankfully that curve seems to have been flattened significantly at this point seems like we will come in much lower, but the economic cost is still going to be heavy as a result of all this. Give a listen. All right. So, fascinating piece of work that that you've presented here, kind of estimating uh, the potential economic impact of this pandemic on the city of Philadelphia. Let's kind of start at the beginning. What was your motivation for putting this together?
0: Very simple. Uh, not uh, not even an hour, much less a day, would go by where I wasn't getting bombarded with questions from. Uh, officials and uh, industry types and just ordinary people saying, so what's the economic shakeout from all this going to be? So I figured oh, I want to take a run at trying to answer it.
1: So talk about the basis for the analysis. Uh, what did you utilize? How did you put this all together?
0: Well, I knew that during the last serious pandemic of, of a similar scale, uh, the Spanish influenza of 1918 to 1920, uh, I knew that it hit Philadelphia particularly hard among U.S. cities. It was basically the New York of its time of that pandemic. And so I thought, well, what existing economic research exists that examines that pandemic's impact on the economy? Because that pandemic was actually followed by a very serious recession. And from 1920 to 1921, in fact, it was so serious that it actually qualifies technically as a depression. But no one remembers it because it was followed by the Great Depression, which was a far larger scale. So I decided to examine what the research literature was that linked the pandemic to that uh, recession depression of 1920 to 21, and see if there was anything in that literature that could tell us about what to expect from the current pandemic.
1: And what did you find? I saw you had several papers that you you kind of took uh, information from uh, a pretty robust uh, library to pull from.
0: Uh, there was you know a good seven or eight papers, uh, particularly examining economic impact. There were other papers examining things like you know the demographic impact, the effects on public health policy, things like that. But those were more peripheral to, uh, you know, what I wanted to find out, which is, you know, how is this going to impact our economy? How is it going to impact our pocketbooks? How will it impact our home values? And so the literature was helpful in in that respect.
1: So if I'm understanding correctly, the numbers you pull and the the conclusions you come to uh, were based on if we hit 200,000 deaths in the country from COVID-19. Am I correct?
0: That's correct. When I began writing this about two to three weeks ago, that at the time was the consensus forecast uh, the median forecast it was also the one being uh, uh, you know the uh, quote the number being quoted by Dr Anthony Fauci and at the time that was the number since then of course uh, we haven't come nearly close to it and the expectations have thankfully uh, been lower but that's that was the number at the time and so that's the number I went with for the analysis
1: so give us some insight what did you learn what what are some of the numbers that uh, you were able to pull from this
0: well, again, based upon those two critical assumptions, the total national death toll would be 200,000 at least, if not worse, and that the economy would react in a similar way as it did back in 1920 and 21 to the pandemic. Uh, the results to be expected will be pretty severe. Um, you know, the, the cost of the city would be in the billions in terms of loss of total uh, gross domestic output, loss of manufacturing output. I've projected up close to 400 business failures. And by the way, those are medium to large businesses, those are not sole proprietorships. So there'd be a lot of employment affected by that. Uh, We'd see a projected increase in the city's poverty rate from 25% to over 28%, which is an additional 40,000 plus people uh, added to below the poverty line. Uh, Total loss in capital income, which is dividends interest rental income of nearly 12 billion, about 20 billion lost in wage income and uh, an $80 billion devaluation of the city's housing stock. If you break that down to what it means to a typical Philadelphia household, uh, even in the optimistic scenario uh, where you know we the minimum amount of deaths was 200000 uh, the total loss uh, in your personal wealth in terms of just your income, uh, any assets you own, and the value of your home would be at least $51,000 over the course of about three to four years.
1: Were there certain industries, certain areas that were particularly hard hit? Were there certain numbers that really... I mean, I'm sure they're all jaw-dropping just because of the massive scale of this, but were there uh, specific places where uh, the economic hardship was especially brutal?
0: Uh, Well, we know that it will be especially brutal in the service sector this time around. The last recession, it was the housing sector that was hit, and in previous recessions, it was often uh, manufacturing. And then the last uh, 1920 to 21 depression was no different. Uh, there were no studies done on the impact of the service sector from that depression because back then the service sector was relatively small. Most people worked in manufacturing, production, transportation, utilities, things like that. So the only, there was only one study that was industry-specific, and that examined the fallout on manufacturing. Uh, and like I said, for that, we'd expect a loss in the city's total manufacturing output of about $311 million, which if you divide by the total number of people employed in manufacturing in Philadelphia would result in a loss of about $14,000 per person. So if you work in manufacturing in Philly uh, and manufacturing uh, contracts by the amount it's predicted to, given that very high death level, uh, you can expect an average drop in wages of about $14,000 per year.
1: And I noticed, um, I mean, it, at this point, it, <clears throat> the, the debt total is lower, thankfully, and it seems to be trending in that way. But most of your things were like per 1,000 deaths, it would decline you know, by a certain percentage and stuff like that, or increase uh, by a certain percentage. Uh, Just kind of talk us through, and I know it's probably different for everything, but uh, that statistical model.
0: Okay, well, basically we looked at what the measured impact of the last pandemic was on those various economic outcomes, you know, total GDP, total employment, uh, total number of business failures, uh, uh, the level of poverty, things like that. And then we normalized those results for the population of the United States at the time, so for every thousand deaths, you would see an x percent decline in say manufacturing output and so we just updated that today, so based upon two hundred thousand deaths nationally, uh, if we applied that uh, we applied that same percentage based upon you know percent change per thousand deaths, what would the impact be on Philadelphia, given its current uh, economic parameters so total population, total people employed, total people employed in manufacturing, total number of businesses total value of the housing stock things like that
1: what were the most uh, eye-opening pieces of information you culled from this and we talked about specific sectors were there certain things that really just kind of caught your eye from a a, a wow factor or hard to believe factor
0: well first of all it was just how big the losses would be, uh, but again, that's given that very high expected death toll, which we don't look to, you know, uh, be coming to. Uh, thankfully enough, in fact, we won't even I think even be half of that the way things look, which is good. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. But the two things that struck me: were, first of all, not just how big the losses could be, because like I said, the last pandemic was very serious. I mean, you know, even in this pandemic, a few weeks ago, they were predicting two hundred thousand deaths. Remember, during the last pandemic, there were 675,000 deaths, more than three times as many. 12,000 Philadelphians died during the last pandemic, most of them in the space of about uh, two months. Uh, The current number in Philadelphia is, I think, we're up to uh, 150, 160 out of 12,000. And moreover, the population of the United States at the time was only less than a third of what it is now, about 100 million people. So the death toll during the last pandemic was not only higher in absolute terms, it was also higher in relative terms as well. Uh, So the fact that the the predictions were so serious uh, did not surprise me that much, given how high the death toll was last time and how much of the economy was structured around uh, manufacturing and the like. Um, But moreover, uh, if you take just the current cost of the pandemic to date and you look at the number of lives saved, which is based upon the difference between what experts were predicted would be the median number of deaths versus the total potential deaths if we took no steps, uh, the cost, For life that we've saved has been very expensive. It ranges from, you know, a minimum of $7 million to as much as $39 million. And that's not the cost of the total cost of lives it saves. That's the cost of each life that has been saved. Um, Most people do not earn $7 million to $39 million over the course of a few years or even the course of their entire lives. So if that's the cost to our economy that we're going to take to save those lives, and we certainly want to save as many as possible, we're going to have to find some way to pay for it. And since most people don't earn that much, we're going to have to borrow, and you know that 's going to have economic consequences as well, uh, so I think that it's important that policymakers consider the economic costs of the pandemic as well as the human costs. The other thing that struck me was that unlike the last the one thing that is different about our reaction to this pandemic versus the last one is the all the mandated uh, closures and uh, the you know self quarantining you know It occurred to me you know, when I first set out to write this analysis or do this analysis the question i wanted to answer was what will the whole total economic effect of this what will what will the total economic effect be but as i researched it and wrote and analyzed more and more i came to realize that much of what it will be determines as much upon how we react to it as the actual virus itself so the main difference between this this pandemic and the last one is there was there was not nearly the pervasive mandated shutdowns and closures of businesses and uh, the self-quarantining 100 years ago, as it were now, and I'm sure that's one reason the death toll was certainly much higher. But again, 100 years ago, you know there was no internet, very phone limited phone access. Most people didn't work in services; they worked in you know manufacturing or utilities, transportation. You couldn't work from home 100 years ago like you can today. So they, because they, you know, they, they the, the city government mandated closures of major gatherings, like, you know, schools, churches, theaters, bars. Most places of business remained open, and most people still reported to work. Uh, that factor doesn't come into play this time. So even though we might expect the total death toll to be less this time, since our medical technology and our general uh, healthiness of lifestyles and quality of life and quality of housing is much better than 100 years ago, we still have this mandated shutdown uh, working against that. Uh, so I think there needs to be a you know a more careful cost-benefit consideration in trading off you know the, the, the number of lives saved versus the actual cost of the uh, economic cost of the pandemic. Uh, because as I pointed out to other people, a virus can kill you, but grinding poverty kills people, too. And if we're going to drive people into poverty, um, there's going to be life and death consequences to that as well.
1: What is the bottom line message people that read through this to take this in? Do you want people to take away from this? What uh, What is the, the number one thing you want people to, to understand and have con- con- context for?
0: Two things. Number one, the actual economic cost of the pandemic is... Uh, will be defined as much as how we react to it as by the actual virus itself. Uh, We have a great deal to say and a great deal of input into what the economic cost will be. It's not some foregone conclusion. Uh, And number two, we need to have uh, a more serious conversation in the public space about what economic costs we're willing to bear versus what, you know, life-saving measures uh, and outcomes we want to achieve.
1: And how long do you think we are going to be feeling the economic impact of this for? I mean, from your background, not just studying this, but your economic background. Uh, can you even get your head around how many years this is going? We're still going to have lingering effects of this?
0: Well, again, I think, again, this is very much going to be determined by us, not, not the virus. I mean, the longer we decide to maintain the closures and the self-quarantining and the work stoppages, the longer and more severe the economic uh, fallout from that will be. So uh, that is, is, as we say in economics, an endogenous question, not an exogenous one. In other words, we can determine that or at least influence it ourselves. That said, I did conclude the report with some other positive news. Although the other post-pandemic depression was very deep and very severe, unemployment hit 12%, which is what it was during uh, during the Great Recession roughly 10 years ago. Uh, economic output contraction was severe you know business failures were through the roof again although it was a very severe depression it was also a very short one most of the economic pain even though the total depression was about a year and a half uh, occurred in about half of that time and so the snapback uh, was not only quick but what followed was one of the most prosperous decades of growth in u.s history and that of course is the roaring 20s uh you know we'd love to see uh, a recovery like that of course we know how the roaring 20s ended but (laughs) that's another story
1: That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon you